Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I have not stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Luckily, God's in the business of healing my mess. Barry's here to deliver the hope and good news. This old pod is gone, but a new pod has begun. But before we stop counting their sins against them, let's welcome in our favorite ambassadors, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Hey, hey. Barry's back. Yay! I am back. Here I am. Uh, full disclosure, friend of the pod. I we was... did an entire <laughs> podcast last week, and uh, much to my dismay, as soon as we started editing it, it uh, was corrupted. So Whole file. There was a beautiful conversation about sabbatical. Tim <laughs> yeah. Ayers was here. Talked about his uh, message. That was like a good conversation. No one it's, will ever hear it. It was just for our own yeah. edification. Yeah. <laughs> the we four will, of us were blessed. We will carry that pot in our yeah. hearts. <laughs> um, so that's all to say uh, we did touch on sabbatical. Yeah, we talked for a while. Barry's back. Week. Hey. This is the <laughs> this is the official first time. Barry's been on the podcast since sabbatical. Yes. So if you want to hear about his sabbatical, you can go hear his message from last week. Uh, He talks a a lot about, you know, memories he's had and, you know, thanking the people of grace for the time spent on sabbatical. But that's not what we're here for. What we're here for is to talk about ourselves. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So Barry, um, as friends of the pod are concerned. Yeah. What, um, what would you have them know about sabbatical that, you know, the rest of the congregation doesn't, oh. doesn't need to know? Like, oh. you yeah, know like, I mean? you know, the, the insider perspective. Yeah. Interesting. You know? Cause uh, that's what we do on this show. Yeah. We go, we go deep. Yeah. We give the inside, yeah. inside yeah. scoop. Um, oh man, I don't know what, what d- does anybody care about? Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. So. When I, I talked a lot about like when I went on sabbatical, yeah. I felt a lot of pressure to come back and be like, here's the vision. Right. Right. Do you have a vision? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or did you feel that pressure or um, like what was really hard about sabbatical? Well, I had a moment. I want to say at the end of the first month or whatever, somebody recommended a book to me and it was a very, it was a book very much about sort of, reconstructing faith in a post-Christian world. And and it was like about, you know, the credibility gap and all of that. And they recommended the book to me and I was like, yeah, I should probably read that. So I bought it and I, I literally like looked at the cover and had this visceral response. Like I just, Mm. uh, I was like, what has happened? Like I, I got so stressed out and anxious all of a sudden Mm. and it was so weird. And I was like, but this is what I, I like reading these kinds of things normally. Mm -hmm. And as I reflected on it, I realized, okay, this whole concept of like the path forward and in the credibility gap mm-hmm. and reconstructing faith, like this is a significant part of what I consider the burden mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. my pastoral calling. Yeah. And having that kind of placed on my shoulders during sabbatical early on in yeah. sabbatical, like, I was like, now. whoa, whoa, this is mm. heavy. So I, I said, you know what? I'll read it another time by the end of sabbatical by like the third month, I was very much yeah. feeling different and I was ready to, to yeah. start re-engaging. So I did read it, but so you said you read 16 books. Yes. A lot of them were, did you fiction. just switch to like hunger games? Like what did you <laughs> No. Well, a lot of that 16 was a six book series by yeah. a woman named Martha Wells, I believe. And she wrote this six book series. They're not long novels, but uh, called the murder bot diaries. And <laughs> it's, it's some of the more entertaining. Like, yeah. Mara's got collectors. Edition on her science herself. fiction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It was it's super yeah. that was just super fun. And I yeah. I'm, I'm I read the uh the Civil War trilogy by Jeff and Michael Shara and yeah. um I read a couple books by uh the guy who wrote All the Light We Cannot See. Mm-hmm. I read that and I read another book by him. So, yeah, yeah, that. But then I read I read I'm reading that's uh, a long book, so I'm only halfway through it, but a, a book about the history of the influence of Christianity on human culture yeah. from the perspective of a non-Christian historian. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting, really intriguing. So that's the kind of stuff I, I read for fun. Yeah. I re- I'm reading a book called the, uh, the inner life of animals, which <laughs> is by the guy who wrote the secret life of trees. Mm. And it's not as good as a secret life of trees. In my opinion, it's not great. It's not great. No, it's actually <laughs> fine, but it's just not, not as engaging. So, and I'm trying for like the fourth time to read the brothers Karamazov because I feel like that's what I should be. Like, it's the kind of thing you're- I don't sport. even know what that is. Dostoevsky. Oh, yeah, uh, Dostoevsky. When he says it like that. Yeah, I yeah. got the collector's edition on my yeah. shelf. Yeah, everybody does. But I yeah. I, I keep me. Everybody says it's like his grand masterpiece. Yeah. I need to read it. And I, I just get bogged down every- yeah. I'm about a fifth of the way through, and I'm just like, I just don't- What are, what are do we this. doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. I feel like Tyler. What are we doing yeah, here? Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> so anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, read a, I was reading a lot. It was great. Um Mostly, oh, you know what else I did? Nobody knows about this yet. Yeah, See, that's what we're here for. I haven't posted anything about this, but firewood, guys, firewood. I got a really nice log splitter because I'm I'm stupid with wood <laughs> that's fallen or dead or branches that like literally every single year I'm getting a huge, huge amount of wood from fallen trees, fallen branches. like you're a big shot. Well, yeah. I mean, I've got old trees. What can I say? <laughs> so anyway, I got this, I find I, I needed to do something with it. Like mm-hmm. I could either pay an arborist to mm-hmm. come out yeah. and haul stuff away for $2,000 every time, or I figure out how to do it myself, turn it into firewood. And then uh, and this is the next thing I'm going to try to do is actually sell it. So I'm going to start ah. selling bundles of firewood. Side hustle. Yeah, exactly. Dry it out for two years. It, it's it's inside my old barn, just drying. You yeah, guys you remember? You guys we, we did right a Christmas the video. Wood, the wood pile for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Christmas music videos. Uh, that wood pile is now is now twice as high and yeah. twice as deep because I've been yeah. I've been splitting it. So uh, I did wow. that a lot. That was actually it's a lot of fun splitting wood. I don't know why. Except I almost lost a finger because. No. Now I'm, I'm always very safe with, with like power tools, but it did, the wood did something unexpected. It had, it was like the two parts were still connected by like I am some, not infallible. I'm not infallible. And the, <laughs> these parts are still connected. And so when I was backing off the, the hydraulic pressure, the wood for some reason snapped back No, and just pinched my finger and oh. wouldn't let up. And oh, I was, bad. yeah, it was bad. So were you wearing gloves? How'd you yes, get out of it? I... I don't remember Did you hit the reverse button. No, it didn't matter. Cause it, it was like <laughs> the pressure was because it let off. It came back and snapped back on my finger. Oh, and just so, assumes there's a is reverse. There a reverse? Did you restart it? No, yeah, <laughs> I tried turning it off and on again. No, yeah, I turned it on off. It? There's like a quick turn off thing. <laughs> but again, it wasn't the, it wasn't the tool. It was the log of wood that was pinching me. It wasn't because the tool was pushing on oh, it. Yeah. So I had to like, so the wood itself, the wood itself took pinched your back. finger off. Well, it just was crushing my finger. So I found a way to like get enough <laughs> pressure on it to open it back up and pull my finger out. And then yeah. I went and I just iced it down for a while and it hurt for a few days, but mm-hmm. then it was fine. So right. okay. I, didn't, I didn't lose a finger. We're good. How did you do with leaving your cell phone? I think you had talked about that oh, on yeah. the show. I did you that for a week. <laughs> wanting to just kind of even get away from, from the phone yeah, itself. It, it was kind of a weird week. I probably should have done it later in my sabbatical. I did it earlier in my sabbatical and I wasn't, my headspace wasn't quite right yet, but no, it was good. It was great to like sleep and just wake up and not, 
immediately start yeah. scrolling on mm-hmm. something, which is such a temptation. And it's mm-hmm. easy to do every single morning, uh, going to bed. I read a book and then fell asleep, mm-hmm. not looked at TikTok and fell asleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those kinds of things were significant. And I've actually been working to try to make that more of a habit in my life. So it was good. It was, it was not as profound as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Cause like when I went outside to like work on the garden, like it, I usually do that without, I often do that without podcasts or anything. Mm-hmm. So it was fine to not have my phone. The only hiccup was that Liv found it difficult when she was like out and about to not be able to get a hold of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was like, that was tricky. And we had to navigate that. So, uh, cause she wasn't, she didn't like the fact that if she needed me, there yeah. was no way to get a hold of me. So, so I ended up occasionally taking my phone with me, putting it on do not disturb, but allowing her calls to come through. It was a, so, what an age we live in. What a, t- <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so what's it like being back? Cause you've been back a week and a half now. Yeah. Is it uh culture shock? Like, is it just like riding a bike? What, what is it? I'm hitting some pretty extreme, like extreme, uh, emotions on both sides. There yeah. are moments where I'm just like, wow, this is great. I'm so glad to be back. Or man, it's so good to be in the, in the midst of, mm-hmm. of these really important conversations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's other moments where I'm just like, what? like, what am I doing? Is this right? Even like my personal life evaluating now uh, the other day, I I mean, after my first week back, I was so exhausted and just mentally spent that when I got to my day off, I just, I didn't have much left in the tank. And I, I found myself feeling really discouraged. I was like, I thought I was supposed to come back topped up with energy Mm. reserves from sabbatical. And I was going to be floating on it. So I'm like, did nothing change, but it's, I've been processing through it. Something's changed, but Yeah. It's just forcing me to think, okay, I know what sabbatical was like. I know what I felt, what my emotional landscape was like before sabbatical. And I don't want to go back to that. So now it's kind of prompting me to think about taking some concrete action. What can I be doing differently to, to not squander the gift of sabbatical in this new, this new time? Well, I think we need to be better (laughs) (laughs) as a, as a, as a, church or something as an organization, because (laughs) it's like, we, we built a list of like, all right, when Barry gets back, we're going to tackle these things. And it's like, Barry gets back and it's like, welcome to hope month. Or when I got back, it was like Easter (laughs) rebrand and And Easter. Easter, Yeah. yeah. And we, we could do better to be like, all right, let's, uh, let's ease these people back. Coast, coast on in. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like we gave you like one day. We're like, hey, Barry's back. It's Monday. Let's not I had, overwhelm yeah, nobody him. Bother him. And I then Tuesday, a, it was like, it's on. You're yeah. getting My everything. My first day back, though, that first Monday was a 12-hour day because I had an early meeting and a late meeting. And then, yeah, and then this week, we had, just on Tuesday, we had a, a yeah. nine-hour meeting. One straight nine-hour <laughs> meeting with the lead team. And I stupidly decided to preach because oh. of Hope Month. I decided to preach right. last weekend and this coming right. weekend. Uh, and for some reason I felt compelled to make this coming weekend, a completely different style of sermon. So it's Mm. like, it's causing some additional stress. And so, yeah, it's, I think back in the day, and I could be wrong on this. I think they used to say that when the pastors first came back from sabbatical, their first week was only half time. They only worked half days. Mm. And I'm like, huh. Something to that. Oh, well, I think that makes sense. I haven't been on a sabbatical, so I don't know. But like, as you were talking about how exhausted you felt after that first week back. Yeah. I think of like when I take any significant amount of time 
away from working out. Like yeah, the thing that yeah, I'm yeah, used yeah. to doing and I could normally get through just fine. You just don't fine, have the stamina. You just least. atrophy. Yeah. Right. And so of course you would be exhausted yeah. your yeah. first week back into all yeah. of this, you yeah. know? It you'll, makes sense. You'll regain everything you had before and then some, yeah. but yeah, that first And time also, back. I mean, like I'm doing a wedding this weekend, which, you know, yeah. we, they literally scheduled it so that it could happen when I was back from sabbatical. Yeah. So it's like looking ahead, I'm realizing, oh, like next week, after this is behind me, I don't, I, I won't be preaching. The th- mm-hmm. You're preaching Marin the third weekend in the series. Mm-hmm. So like, hey. I'll actually have well, a week of being able to like get out from under right, and the then pile. Core team and then yeah. weekend of service. And yeah, 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 yeah. But like those things, I, it's different. It, what, the demands on my time will not be as, as pressing. I'll be able to, to mm. look a little farther ahead, but I have a list. I got to show you this. I have a list that I've been keeping where I just, Anytime I'm like, oh yeah, and that I need to be thinking about that, or oh, that's something I need, I want to do when I get it's back. It's on paper, Barry. Well, yeah, I do that sometimes. Write some things. Okay, here we go. So <laughs> this is the list that started with. Okay, it, it originally it said first day back, and then I crossed it off and put first month back. Because <laughs> the list has gotten longer and longer and longer. It's the I entire mean, it's page. Like, rewrite this document for Grace. Uh, visit the mobile pantry. Learn Spanish. <laughs> It, uh, in the first month back, well, you're going to learn are, Spanish. Yeah. It's more like figure out how I'm going to, you know, when yeah. I'm going to go do these things. So, yeah. Oh, it, man. Oh, my. I'll be all right, guys. I'll be back. I'll what be, are you I'll doing? What are you doing Friday night? Some of our Spanish speaking friends are having a recital somewhere oh, in, in Westfield. And that might be a good place for us both to oh. practice our Spanish. Well, Friday night, I'm doing a wedding uh, rehearsal and then babysitting my niece. Yeah. So. I also have mm. a wedding rehearsal on Friday, but it's during the day. Ah. Anyway, that's yeah. all. How are you guys? Yeah, what's <laughs> new in your life? What's going on? Uh, well, I'm officiating my first wedding this weekend, so I also Ooh. have uh, I also have wedding stuff going on. How are you feeling about that? I'm excited, nervous, yeah, um, but mostly excited, but mostly nervous. Yeah. Well, in my experience, the vast majority of people who listen to you talk will not remember a single word you said. So. Here's hoping. So there's that. I'm banking on that. Banking yeah. on it. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I've officiated a couple weddings and it's interesting how true that is. Like in the moment, you'll get a bunch of people coming up to you being like, that was beautiful. Yes, yes. But like 25 minutes later, nobody remembers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when they're could, all like could, doing the cha-cha slide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like last, last year I did one and it was like, uh, there were thunderclouds. I was there for that. And, uh, it was like, all right, should we just cut this short? (laughs) I think I even (laughs) said that in the microphone. I was like, should we, it's going to rain. Like, should we keep going or (laughs) so we chose to keep going, but I saw the DJ in the back of the, whatever the pavilion or whatever. And he was like doing the, like (laughs) the little neck, like (laughs) you got to cut this off. Oh boy. Movement. Oh boy. Uh, which was, he was trying to tell me we're not, we can't, do communion. So like in the, we made like an audible and I was like, all right, uh, we were going to do communion, but we're not now. And we're just going to proceed with the, uh, whatever reception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so nobody, nobody remembers that except me. So this right. wedding is also outside and that is one of my biggest fears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, what if the weather doesn't cooperate. Yeah. The last wedding I did, it was going to be outside and then it had 
rain forecast, heavy rain for just the hour that the, that the ceremony was supposed to happen. Yeah. So they moved everything inside, all the speakers and stuff like that. But then at the last second, it cleared. There was no rain. And so they said, well, let's go outside. And I was like, we don't have mics or anything. So <laughs> but they ended up miking me up, had one speaker like turned from the back of the reception room. Yeah. And so I, you know, I had to kind of shout at people. Okay. You never know. So you, you just got to be flexible. Got to roll with yeah, what I'm hearing be, you say. Yeah. Okay. And really like, as long as it looks good, it, that's what people care about. Oh, best hot tip for these days is when you say you may kiss your bride or whatever, move out of the way. So your smiling oh. mug is not in the back of every, oh, thank you. Of every, yes. like I always step to the side when I say that, I, so that all the photos, cause like you can look online. There are so many photos of just like <laughs> odd looking like pastors, just like standing. Behind I, uh, I severely disagree. <laughs> I think you need to be in the photo. No, no, I will give them their moment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're doing a wedding. I'm doing a wedding. I'm writing a message. I have a, I have a wedding and a funeral between now and next Sunday. Yeah. Wow. And a trip to Cleveland. Oh, oh. wait, why? I said, yes. God. I said yes to too many things. <laughs> <laughs> and now you are reaping what you said. I am. I, it just, yeah, I, I think I had, this thought, isn't like you. This, <laughs> I think I had thought like, you know, I'm going to be able to breathe after the wedding. Right. So sure. I'll just, I'll get through so the breathe wedding. Breathe that and then clean Cleveland air. <laughs> my son's, one of my son's favorite bands. You all know how this goes. One yeah. of his favorite bands is playing Chicago oh. on the 11th, okay. which would have been like the show to go to, but I'm a little busy with the wedding. Mm -hmm. And so they're playing Cleveland on Tuesday. We all know how I feel about Cleveland. So that was an easy yes, but uh, we're bringing the girlfriend this time. So wow. we're road tripping together. Uh, are you ever wondering like how old Jaden's going to be before he's like, I'm going to go to a concert by myself. Yes. <laughs> I wonder that every day. I was just talking to his girlfriend's mom. Your grown up boy. About that. Like as long as he keeps coming to me and inviting yeah, me to these you're things, gonna go. I'm going yeah. to go. Yeah. I don't care what but I have There's coming a day on. where he's like, hey, I got tickets for me and the girlfriend. And you're like. And I will break and me. my And he's going to go, oh, no, I didn't think about you. It will crush me. It will. Yeah. Oh. But what if it's, I mean, you were recently uh, on the news at a country concert. <laughs> what if what? he gets, <laughs> I didn't hear about that. What oh, happened? No. It was not the news. It was, it was like, it was, yes, like it was some radio station guy. Okay. The radio, the, the news. radio news. <laughs> uh, she went to a Brad Paisley concert. No, sir. Or what, what was it? Okay. So Tim McGraw, I don't know if I've discussed it on this podcast, but I am not a fan of yeah. country music. I'm just not a fan. I don't What's like What's his name? It. Nicole Kidman's husband. That's right. Um, What's his Keith name? Keith Urban. Keith Urban. So two friends from Grace asked if I would join them and go to this country show. And I love them so much. I would go to the ends of the earth for them. Yeah. And they, including a country, <laughs> including a country, country concert. Show. But they didn't tell me who we were going to see. It was supposed to be a surprise. And they promised me this wasn't going to be like super honky tonk for country. Uh -huh. Like this was going to be a little bit more on the rock side of country. Sure. And it was, he is a phenomenal guitar player. And so I, again, I, I didn't love the songs themselves, mm -hmm. but that's when you choose to like shift focus and I would focus on the guitar playing or I would focus on the lights and the sound quality thereof. And your friends. And my friends. So, yeah. So who then. Who had the best time? My friends had a very Smash good time. cut to after the concert and everybody's <laughs> filing out, except this guy has a microphone and a camera and he's like, hey, what's your favorite Brad or what's his name? Keith Urban song. Uh, and Mar Marin's on camera and she's <laughs> yeah. like telling him. 
I'm the worst possible person (laughs) to answer that question. Yeah. He asked, I think it was a, a lyrics trivia. And he quoted like, (laughs) what did he say? Where the grass is green. And when I hear that line, I think of Guns N' Roses. Yeah, like so I, she started reciting like '90s <laughs> rock Roses. songs. Yeah, it's like what are your, on what's your, camera. What's your favorite Keith Urban song? You're like uh, Paradise two, City. Two buckets and a tractor. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So she completely like stepped on the video. Like the guy's like super excited, and he's like, <laughs> "Tell me your favorite lyrics." Of blah, 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 what, what, what? Finish the song. Oh, and Marin's like. Sweet child of mine. <laughs> no, that's not it. He's like, all right, moving on. Oh, yeah, uh, good times. Good times so, were had by all. So what if Jaden was like, I got tickets for me and my girlfriend to go see um, Keith Urban. Keith Urban. That wouldn't happen. His girlfriend has very good taste in oh, okay. music. It's working well, out well for me. Yeah, but the older you get, the worse it gets for you. <laughs> Your taste? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do. No. No, I just think, I think I'm getting lucky in this area. Okay. My, I'm taking my daughter and her boyfriend to see <laughs> what are we doing? a concert in Chicago oh my goodness. that I'm not looking forward to at all. This is like, why are you going? Very sleepy music. It's just drop them off. Super boring to me. I'm not looking forward to that. No, drop them off, drop them off and go to somewhere else. No, <laughs> the look on her face. <laughs> No way. No way. I will go and I will endure this concert because I love her, but yeah. I'm not looking forward to that one. But the ones that Jaden and his girlfriend tend to go to are bands that I like yeah. anyhow. And yeah. I, again, you know no how many concerts I went to, to with my mom Keith Urban. <laughs> <laughs> fans out there. Keith Urban is an excellent performer. He put on a really good show. It's just, not I've been my to cup of tea. zero concerts with my mom. So <laughs> at one point I like, I'm pretty jealous of Jaden that, he would do that. But I'm also like counting, like, I'm like, when is he going to be like, all right, man, eh. I'm cutting you off. Yeah. Your third wheel. It's, <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. And so I just It'll be cherish right. it while you got it. That's exactly you know? it. That's he's my, he's my yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, right. that's my dude. All right. Well, all right. So we are kicking off hope I, month. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. You're really fine. Yeah. You're really so, okay. Yeah, we're we're back in the swing of things. Milo's doing another lap around pre-K. Um, and so he started soccer. And it, it, I know it's nothing compared to, like, travel sports. But it's a lot to keep track of. It's like, because we're in September. And Lauren is telling me, like, all right, we've got to tour, we've got to start touring schools for kindergarten and elementary school. So we got to start touring them. For next year. For next year. Yeah. And wow. so I've got one scheduled this week and two next week. It's like a college and, visit. Yeah. And so, and he's got soccer practice and he's got a game and he's got more practice and another game. And meanwhile, he, like, doesn't want to play because he's gotten stung by bees. <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. And so he doesn't want to be outside right now. <laughs> oh, no. Everywhere he goes, he's like, are there bees there? Like, Oh, Aww. probably. Anyways. So it's just a lot, like a lot. It feels like a lot. Um, all right. So we are in week one of hope month. Yeah. We have done hope month for the past. This is the fourth hope month. Yes. Fourth, fourth hope month. Um, and every hope month, the past couple of years, we've focused on a broken place and healing of that broken place. We've we've touched on hatred, isolation, decay, and this year uh, we are focusing on the granddaddy of them all, as right. you, as you say, yeah. and it is uh, separation from from God. And so, uh, 
we kicked it off. Uh, there's going to be obviously a lot of um, things to participate in uh, throughout the month. And then it all kind of culminates in weekend of service, mm-hmm. October 1 and October 2, where we uh, serve, love, and pray for people in our communities um, together as a church. And so, uh, Barry, you kicked us off. You came back from sabbatical and it's like, Hey, we're right into hope month. Yeah. What do you have for us? And so what's kind of the big idea? I mean, this is like, this is like riding a bike at this point. You remember the, the, <laughs> the beats. So what's the big idea uh-huh. of, of your sermon that you shared last weekend? Well, the big idea is essentially of the, the passage that we looked at in second Corinthians five is essentially that, uh, Humanity is separated from our creator, but God is bringing us back through Christ with the twist that the way that he's doing that is through us. Yeah. Like through followers of Christ, we are the ones yeah. that God has entrusted his message of reconciliation to that, yeah. he, that he is, as Paul says, he is making his appeal through us. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, the big idea is basically, yeah, God's bringing mm-hmm. humanity back to himself and it's, and yeah. through that can, can be all the healing of all the broken places when that reconciliation happens. But the key to that rec- that the key to that message getting out there is us. So I believe God is all knowing. Yep. And he knows best, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's a huge mistake to put <laughs> to, it all on us. Interesting. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I, yeah, I, I, I got lots of questions about that. So, well, that um, seems to be kind of par for the course in scripture. Where, yeah, for I mean, sure. That's the God, story. God, designates humans as his image bearers yeah. and says, I'm giving you responsibility over all yeah. of creation and over each other. And we tend to screw it. Yeah. We didn't up. do an awesome job yeah. with that <laughs> kind of from the beginning. Yeah. So um, it's kind of the human condition. Yeah. So there's a lot of big words that were tossed around in mm. this sermon. Like words what? like reconciliation. Mm. Yep. Or ambassadors. Yep. Uh, you told us God is reconciling the world to himself. So tell me what that means to be reconciled to God. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk a lot about that this weekend because I'm kind of telling the grand story of, of redemption, of reconciliation in yeah. scripture. Um, what you say, well, we'll get into that, but uh, it'll be very different. But essentially, humans are separated from God in the sense that he created us to be like I just said, to be his image bearers. We are we are created to be his representatives on in in the cosmos to be be his hands and feet we are to go around and represent god to this world uh, and that means representing god's values god's desires his you know things like justice and love and and healing and hope and peace those are the things that we are are here to represent uh, but from the very beginning and ever since then we have chosen otherwise instead of yeah. instead of justice we've chosen injustice instead of peace we've chosen violence like we just continuously reject what God desires for us. Yeah. And, and as a result, we are sep- we separate ourselves from what God desires us to be. And it's, it's encapsulated in the image of mm-hmm. being exiled from the garden of Eden. That's the, the kind of uh, the original moment in yeah. which, or that, the image of that is uh, God's presence is in Eden. God's abundance is in Eden, his, mm-hmm. in Eden, his blessing is in Eden. And yet humans reject that because they would rather decide for themselves what's good and bad. Yeah. And so they're exiled from his presence. They can't go back to Eden. And so it's, it's this, this separation, which is not, I would not think of it in terms of a physical separation, even though perhaps that's the case with Eden, but it's more of a, uh, uh, we are separated in our body and soul 
from the creator who has good intentions for us Mm -hmm. that we keep rejecting. Yeah. And so the reconciliation on the flip side is that God consistently through his unfailing love is constantly working to bring us back to himself. And again, this weekend we'll talk about what that looks like and how, how he's trying to bring us back to himself in different ways and how ultimately he does that through Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I found it really interesting and compelling. Um, because we focus, you focus primarily on Second Corinthians, right? Yeah, Second Corinthians five. I found it really compelling that Paul, who wrote Second Corinthians, is emphasizing that God is the one recon- doing the reconciling, even though we are the ones that separated. Like he's right. He, he we aren't the ones. We aren't the ones trying to get back in his graces. Right. Mm-hmm. He's right. Mm-hmm. the one reconciling. It's fascinating that we're the ones. Like we already said, it's fascinating that we're the ones that God is counting on to to to, to advocate for Him, or um, after being the ones who have time and time again chosen right. the separation part. Absolutely, and that is yeah. that is at the core of what makes the gospel so scandalous and so yeah. ridiculous that God would enter into our world and then give of himself for us. It's like, it actually, we get echoes of it all the way back in Genesis. When you look at the covenant that God makes with Abraham, Mm because at the very beginning, he says, Abraham through you and your descendants, I'm going to bless the world. In other words, I'm going to bring humanity back to Eden through you and your descendants. That's my plan. And that's ultimately what happens through Christ. Who's one of his descendants, et cetera. But the covenant that he makes with Abraham is this whole very odd, very ancient, weird technique where like this burning this pot full, I don't even know. It's like a, a, a little fire in a pot mm. moves between these animals that have been split in half. It's all very, very odd. What? We would call it barbaric. It's very strange. <laughs> it's very weird, but the whole thing, we would, we would call yeah, that barbaric. We don't yes. understand it. It's something yeah. I don't think anyone understands. It's some ancient, <laughs> ancient it would have meant a lot to someone like Abraham 2000 years ago or mm. 4,000 years ago, excuse me. But um, suffice it to say when that covenant ritual happens that God would do this, this covenant with, with Abraham, Abraham, he makes Abraham fall asleep. Abraham's not even normally they would walk together through, through the, the animal parts or whatever, but instead God has Abraham fall asleep and he goes through on his own. Mm. In other words, saying, I'm going to uphold both ends of this covenant. Mm. I'm going to be the one who's ultimately faithful to this covenant. Now you still have to respond with faithfully. You have to live faithfully. But even then he, even into the law of Moses, which we think of as like punitive, like God's telling everybody like, you can't do this or that, or I'm going to blast you. No, what it really is, is God saying, (laughs) we've made a covenant together. This is what it looks like for you to be faithful to the covenant. And when you mess up and are Mm -hmm. unfaithful, this is what it looks like for you to be reconciled back Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Like the sacrificial system, all that stuff, which again is very odd to our modern sensibilities. What it is, is it's God baking into the covenant a way for humans to come back when they mess up because Mm. they will. It's like, it's always been a one-sided thing and we are given the opportunity to respond to that with, with faithfulness. Yeah. It's, it's the more I think about it, the more incredible it is that like, that's why God's God and I'm not. But like, (laughs) if, if I was like, all right, here's the plan, everybody, we're going to, we're going to bring heaven to earth. Mm. And then everybody's like, nah, we'll screw it up or we'll do it our way or whatever. I'd be like, all right, forget you guys. Right. I can do this myself. Um, and you're, I'm going to, I'm going to force this upon because this is what I want. All right. That's it. We're going with the dolphins. We're going with the dolphins. (laughs) Yeah. Next in line. He continues to, um, 
I don't know, wait on us or push toward us or draw near to us despite, despite just like thousands of years of rejection, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And offer us a gift. Yeah. All this is a gift from God That's who brought right. us back to himself. I thought your fun fact was really interesting that that phrase brought us back, brought us back to himself, brought us mm-hmm. back is one word. Yeah. The word reconciled. That is in the simple past tense, as it says mm-hmm. right here in the, the app notes. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, it is done. It's done. It, it didn't say bringing us back. Right. That it happened. It's done. And essentially you're saying we have the choice to either believe that he accomplished it and it is there for us and we receive it or right. not believe it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really compelling. And this is the kind of thing I think we, there's a reason why the Hebrew scriptures, especially our, our meditation literature where they will say like, there's a, the, there's a, a word in Hebrew, chesed, the unfailing mm-hmm. love. It, we can't really capture it. Cause it's like the covenant love, the unfailing love, the love that, that does not, uh, that does not ever cease. Like it ca- carries all these meanings. And there are Psalms that are just like going on and on repeating over and over again. The, the, the chesed of the Lord never fails. Chesed of the Lord never fails. Like it just says it again and again in different ways. They they understood there's something to be meditated on here. This isn't just some theological fact. This is some sort of fundamental aspect of God's character. Um, and I think we see it as as Christ followers. We see it embodied on the cross. Yeah. the 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 unfailing love of the Lord never fails. Mm-hmm. Look at it. Look at look at that sacrificed. You know, Son of God. That was what God is willing to do for us. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense, but that's the extent that his love goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Paul says that he's making his appeal through us when we tell people to come back to God. Yeah. That God is making his appeal through us when we tell people to come back to him. Does it motivate you or scare you <laughs> that that's true in 2022? both. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's a great reminder yeah. that like th- it is far too easy mm-hmm. to think, well, I'm just going to kind of sit back and I'm sure God will work things out, but I'm not going to stick my head out there. I'm not going to yeah, put my neck out he'll there. He'll get a hold of him. Yeah. He'll get him. I, but it's like, oh wait. Yeah. He is going to get a hold of them through me. Yes. That's mm-hmm. the thing that, that is kind of a, a wake up call. Um, yes. but yeah, it, it, it's, it is, scary, yeah. especially in the time that we're living in. It'd be very different if we were living in a, a place where mm. if we were living in India, where, where a lot of people genuinely have never heard the name of Jesus. It's one thing to, t- to say, Hey, I've got a, I've got great news. I'm going to go tell you about something you've never heard before. But how about when you're in a country and people think they know Jesus because yeah. they've seen how his followers act and they've got opinions, strong opinions yeah. about whether or not Christianity is worth anything. Like it, it is a much more complicated and nuanced thing to say, come back to God because Christ mm-hmm. has, has made it possible. It, it feels so daunting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, part of, part of the work we did for hope month, part of the work I did was I, I did a lot of research and like, what do people even think about God in 2022 in America? And yeah. so mm-hmm. if you, if you notice like in the lobby, there's these like posters with statistics on them um, of like the current temperature of, Christians and non-Christians about spirituality and faith and these things. And um, I'm just going to start reciting statistics and you tell me which one you you think is the most like scary. 
Okay. This will be very encouraging. 70% of non-Christian adults say that they, they do not, they do not need to know, or they're not on a quest for like what's true. Mm. 70%. That's daunting. Yeah. Um, 63%. In other words, sorry. In other words, like we used to have a category of people like, well, if you're not a believer, maybe you're a seeker. Yeah. Everybody's a seeker. That's yeah. not a believer. And it's like, or not a seeker at all. You're yeah. not even, they're, they're not interested. Not looking. interested. Don't yeah. care. Yeah. Um, 63% of us adults who do not practice Christianity today, um, were raised in a Christian family. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. More than half of people who are not Christians were raised as Christians. Yeah. In America. Wow. <laughs> um, so there was a, there was a stat that said, here's what not religious non-Christians say. So people that either have um, people that call themselves spiritual, whether it's an, mm-hmm. they, they are Muslim or have another faith or they're just like, I'm spiritual, but not religious. Okay. So this is religious non-Christians say they would be more interested in learning about Christianity if, what do you think is the most important thing to those people um, that would convince them to be interested in learning about Christianity? Like what, what, what thing rises to the top that you would assume makes those people, would make those people interested in even learning about Christianity? Free donuts? TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. Well, I can tell you the least important What's the least that? important is that the Christians they knew demonstrated a more vibrant personal faith. Does that make sense? So like if I'm, if I'm a, if I'm a non-Christian religious person, I, I have a different religion. Uh, I behave to different mm-hmm. uh, spirituality. Yeah. The least impactful thing to me is if I know a Christian who is very um, vibrant about their own faith. That's okay. not, that doesn't have any impact on me. Probably. Cause you're like, yeah, I mean, I'm vibrant in my faith. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. vibrant in your faith. That's mm-hmm. fine. On the flip side, Christians assume that that is the most impactful thing mm. is if we can just have a, have a vibrant mm. personal faith and we can, um, show people this and how we behave and whatever mm. we Christians assume that is the most impactful thing yeah. while, while non-Christian people are saying that's actually, that doesn't matter. What at are all. they saying is the most impactful? Thing? Uh, the number one thing is if Christianity, this is their word. So yes. if Christianity had better evidence to support it mm. or Christianity had a better reputation, mm. which I think, I think goes to, that second one goes right to the heart of hope month and yeah. the credibility gap and Absolutely. things like that. Yeah. Although I wonder, do you know when it says vibrant personal faith, does that mean like, man, I go to church all the time. I read my Bible all the time. I, I pray a lot. Or does it mean I demonstrate a credible faith in, in my actions in my and actions, loving actions? Like, cause I think if you're saying the better reputation, I feel like that would be helped yeah. if it was about the actions. Yeah. I I'm think wondering, that's true. So I'm wondering if that like mm-hmm. the vibrant faith, quote unquote, is more about the like how dedicated are you to doing faithy mm-hmm. things? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, interestingly to me, not young non-Christians talk about spiritual matters more than older non-Christians, hmm. which that's interesting to me. Uh, I would have assumed. Is that because they're still seeking? It doesn't say why, but hmm. I wonder if, if so many people have left the, 
the upbringing that they had in church. Yeah. I wonder if it's kind of a sense, if you're older, it's like, well, that ship has sailed. But yeah. if you're younger and you aren't going to church, you're, you're kind of starting with a clean slate about like yeah. spiritual matters. So maybe they are, they're like, wow, I'm, there's gotta be something more to this. So mm-hmm. maybe there's something else going on. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's, there's posters all around the lobby that mm-hmm. we've, yeah. we've put these kind of messages on and that were really interesting to me. And it simultaneously, for me personally, it simultaneously like scares me to death because mm-hmm. it's sure. like, is this even possible? Is it even possible to, to <laughs> bridge the gap? And if I believe that it is possible, like, let's, <laughs> let's talk about, um, how do we make it less impossible feeling? I think it's possible, but in my experience, at least it's a long game. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first maybe came to a personal realization of my own responsibility to be an ambassador as, yeah. as we're talking about with this series, that word in particular, um, I was in a, a neighborhood that was just facing a lot of tension and unrest. And mm-hmm. um, I went to like a neighborhood watch meeting or something like this. And um, tensions really ran high at the meeting that night. And there were people just cursing people out and it got kind of scary. And I mean, it was Chicago. So I'm like, it's only a matter of time before somebody pulls out a gun. Mm-hmm. I should probably get out of here. And so I, I walked home from that community meeting and my heart was just broken for my community and the unrest in my community and the tensions in my community, my heart was just broken. And it was nighttime when I walked home, walked home that night. And, uh, I was praying, Lord, just flood the streets with your light, flood Mm. this community with your light. Would you just, you're the light of the world. So would you just flood the streets with your light? And I, I felt him say to my spirit, I told you that you are the light of the world. Mm. You are the salt and you are the light. And I've never forgotten that moment. I know where I was standing Mm. when I felt so corrected in my spirit that I can't just sit back and say, get them Lord, you know, (laughs) you're the light. So would you just do it? He reminded me of my commission Mm. and my task and my calling to be that light. But it is a long game. I, I also wrote the names of my, one, it's actually a couple. They're a couple I'm very good friends with, and I've talked about them a few times on this podcast, but I wrote their names down on the the flower exercise activity we did at the end of service on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And when I think about what intimidates me, they are not just like non-seeking or don't care. They were both raised in Catholic homes. So mm-hmm. I, I think according to that statistic, mm-hmm. they, they would be lumped in there. Mm-hmm. Like they're raised in a, a Christian faith mm-hmm. and both of them are so vehemently anti-faith. Yeah. Angrily anti-faith. Mm. So, yeah. The, the things that they post on social media, the things that they truly believe are hostile. Yeah. Hostile to Christianity. And yes, that, that can be intimidating, but and I I don't want to jump ahead of where you're going, but one of the most encouraging parts to me about your message this weekend, Barry, was my responsibility as an ambassador is one to represent my King, my country, Mm. my, you know, my God, I represent my God to them, but I also represent them to my God. Yeah, that was Mm. huge. That was enormous to me because I think I've been doing my darndest to be 
a good representative of Jesus and to try to close that credibility gap with sure. my deeds and my actions. And they love me and respect me, even though they absolutely hate what I believe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but they love me. Um, anyway, but am I representing them and their needs back to God? Mm. Am I doing that? Am I praying for them? I was encouraged recently um, thinking about the Apostle Paul. And how he was vehemently, angrily against yeah. these Christ followers in the beginning. Yeah. But he had one undeniable moment of encounter with the living God. Mm. And it changed him forever. All it took was one encounter. And God did it because God does the reconciling. And so if I am representing this couple, if I'm representing my one, my ones mm. back to God, if I'm doing that faithfully, can I believe that they can also have a moment like the apostle mm -hmm. Paul, even these ones who are so violently anti-Jesus, yeah. mm. anti-Christianity. Can I believe for that kind of a miracle for them? Mm -hmm. But yeah. am I going to be faithful to represent them back to God? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 The idea of an ambassador, like I, I never even thought of it to that level of detail that you mm. outlined Barry, um, like representing your home country. And you said, you know, that, your home country is the kingdom, the, the kingdom, kingdom of, of God, God yeah. citizens of heaven. Yeah. Um, the honor and reputation of that country or our country is in our hands. Like we just got done talking about it. Like God right. has put, he, he, he makes his appeal through us. So like the honor and reputation of God is in our hands, which some would say we've really screwed that up. Um, but, you can also look at it as like such a delicate responsibility and privilege to have that like in our hands. Like, yeah. And I agree. There are, I've always like, I've always struggled to come up with one name of somebody um, who I consider my one or whatever. Um, but somebody I would fight for or not fight for, but um be an ambassador for to God, I can come up with like 20 names of mm -hmm. people, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it, when you put it that way, it didn't feel to me, it didn't feel like it's a, it's a job. It's like, it felt like it's a, it's a responsibility and a privilege to, to take on the role of ambassador both ways. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was interesting right after this, this sermon happened or this service happened on Sunday, my ones, posted like a, a GoFundMe because the husband is in uh, nursing school and he fell, I think $7,000 short of what he needed to get into that nursing mm -hmm. program. Like that was, I guess, in surplus of whatever scholarships he got. And he's been on the Dean's list. He's, he's working so hard, father of two. Um, and so right there before me was their need. And I was like, great. I know what to start praying for. I can pray that God will supply this need for them. Like, mm. and, and represent them back, mm -hmm. back to God. Yeah. 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 Mm. What are their needs? Am I, am I involved in their lives enough to know what their needs are? Sure. And how can I be of practical support? Which in that case, I was able to be of practical, practical support. Mm -hmm. But even beyond that, again, believing, okay, God bless them. Just $7,000 is nothing to you. Yeah. Lord. Bless them yeah. and supply their needs. Yeah. 
Um, the idea of telling someone to come back to God or be reconciled to God, it, it's interesting to me to even think about, like, we're not commanded to do the work of, Paul is not commanding us to do the work of reconciliation. Like that work has already been done Mm -hmm. through Jesus, right? Like that work has already been done. Um, and you, you outline that in the story of humanity. We just talked about that. Like, Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the story of scripture. Like that work has been done. The, the work of reconciliation through Jesus has been done. So when you say come back to God, we're, we're not saying like, and you've got all this work you have to do to be reconciled. It's like, it's not easy, obviously, right. but it's like, we're not, we're not commanded to do the work ourselves. We are just commanded to represent it. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it kind of gets lost in the, in the new living translation. But if you look at verse 18, where it says, God has given us this task of reconciling people mm-hmm. to him. It does make it sound like, wait, so it is a job that mm-hmm. we have to do the reconciling. But the actual Greek there, which I didn't have time to get into in my message, um, the word task really of reconciling is is uh, ministry or service. It's mm. it's the same word used for like when you're a servant of some of someone or something, you are you are the tasks uh that you do are in service to that person. If yeah. you're like the, if you're like a, a, I don't know, the servant to a queen or a king, like that is the work that you're doing for mm-hmm. them. And so the, the idea of a task or a ministry of reconciliation is we are, we are doing it in service. It's ser- the servants of what God has already done. We yeah. are, we are the ones, the, the, I don't know what the right word would be, but we are the ones that are doing uh, the work that the king has already been accomplishing we are just enacting it in our yeah. world so yeah yeah it's i'm excited about the next couple of weeks because um we say this is the granddaddy of all the broken places but it's also like we had a hard not a hard time but we had a we had a challenging time just thinking about like weekend of service projects yeah. of how to like gently bring the congregation of grace church into this broken place because this is a broken place where we like I could rake a garden. Wait, do you rake gardens? Do you rake gardens? <laughs> Don't ask Depends me. on what you're trying to accomplish, <laughs> but I suppose so I, times. like last year, it's like you can't do you can't do much damage if you're out there like weeding the garden. Sure. Like yeah, you know, you can do damage to the garden, I guess, but it, we we tackled the broken place of decay or we yeah, yeah, you know, participated in that. But this this is a broken place where like when you combine it with the credibility gap, like it, it you could do, Very we could do. Yeah. And if we're not gentle and mm. how we proceed with acts of service and conversations and sure. whatever, like it's a, it's a, it's a challenging thing. And so um, I'm excited about the next few weeks. Hopefully people of grace. I mean, they, I think they responded incredibly well by just identifying this past weekend with the flower sticker, like yeah, who's your one? Who is the person I'm praying for, thinking of, or whatever? It was so powerful to see the hearts of our people moved immediately. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we we sit in meetings and we think about, okay, what's a good way of creating a visual on the stage that will help us keep our ones mm-hmm. in front of us when mm-hmm. we are here on the weekend? Yeah. What's going to help us remember what's at stake and mm-hmm. what this is all about. And so we came up with that idea. Yeah. If you weren't here, we had flower stickers kind of representing this new life that is possible. Mm-hmm. And 
we had these big backdrops on either side of the stage for people to be able to walk up to write the name of their one on this flower and symbolically kind of put it on this board again as a visual that will stand before us and remind Mm -hmm. us all month long. And it's always a, you know, you don't know if people are going to feel comfortable making that long walk from the back of the room all the way to the front of the room. And is this going to be an exercise that's even received, Mm -hmm. but the immediacy Mm. with which people rose from their seats Mm -hmm. and in tears came, stood in line to write the name of the person that is on their heart, that they are praying for their one. And to see those boards fill up with names. Mm -hmm. I think people, I know people were coming forward, not just with one, but with many. I know um, I cried as I watched my mother-in-law write the names of uh, two of her kids yeah. and put both of them on that wall mm-hmm. because I know their stories too. Mm-hmm, sure. You know, um, the need is just so great. And I'm encouraged by the scripture that the harvest is plentiful. Mm-hmm. That doesn't discourage me. That encourages me. Yeah. And the workers are few. That doesn't discourage right. me. That even encourages me because I'm a willing worker. So, okay, Lord, mm-hmm. here I am. Send yeah, me yeah, that. Yeah. I think to answer your question, do I feel overwhelmed or do I feel energized? I feel energized. Good. Especially after this last Sunday. And I'm, I'm speaking in a couple of weeks if I can manage to write this message. <laughs> but I was so encouraged after Sunday in particular. Mm-hmm. I felt like I know what I need to say. Mm. I know where I'm going with this. Mm. Because I stand on stories of people who were somebody's one. Yeah. And I have seen what God can do. Yeah. And so I hold on to that faith for families I saw standing in line pleading to God yeah. for their ones. I can believe for them because yeah. I've seen it. Barry, one of the things we did while you were gone as a church is we sent out a spiritual health assessment. Sure. And it's, you know, it's, it's broken out into I think 12 different discipleship behaviors or practices. And one of those behaviors is um, loving others and evangelism. And uh, it asks questions like how how prepared are you or do you feel to love somebody or care for somebody in the midst of their brokenness or their sin? Um, how prepared or equipped do you feel to talk about your faith and these things? By far, those are the lowest scoring mm. categories of the people of Grace Church. So going into Hope Month, I was like, man, I don't know what to do about this, but watching people respond is like, they're hungry for, they're hungry for us to help them. Yeah. (laughs) They're hungry for us to, um, to, to teach them and show them, um, how, how tangible and practical hope can be, um, distributed in their own lives and amongst their own like people. They're hungry for it, but they're also very honest or aware that like they're, they're deficient in this. And so yeah. they, I think, I feel like the people of grace share the uh, trepidation <laughs> and, and weight of, of this broken place and how we're going to fe- heal it. So I, I, I'm excited about the next few weeks and just learning and learning and learning and, um, and culminating in hope month. I'm excited to see how people grow in their confidence to like distribute hope to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things actually, if you are listening to this, one of the things I would love for you to do is 
if you don't have the Grace Church app and you don't have the uh, notifications turned on on your Grace Church app, Marin, stop. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have, uh, if you don't have it, download it because we've written um, what we're calling like daily doses of hope, and we will send we send out a notification every single morning at seven a.m. You will get a notification, and it's it, it, what it is is like. It's got a it's got a subject for the day. It's not, it's kind of like a devotional, but it's just scripture and basically a prayer for you to pray that morning or that day about your life and the people that you know and love and how to we want to encourage you and give you hope, but we also want you to feel confident uh in in giving others hope. And so download the app um and How do I do it? I love the yeah, app. Yeah, let's walk you know it. Let's I, walk through you how you do I'm this. You know, I'm the biggest fan of this app. I love this app. <laughs> well, you just got to go to your notifications. Turn your notifications on. Okay, I'll, I can help you out. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to see what those things are, go up to the little the little person icon at the top right. Yeah. Oh. And it should open up <laughs> notifications right there. Do I have, I have is, to create uh, a profile? No. It says create a profile. You can create a profile. This is not what the pods. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've we've covered it for week one. So, um, we'll, we'll, Barry, where are we going next? What are we doing next? So, this coming week, I'm going to be, uh, like I said, talking about the grand story of redemption. I'm going to try to flesh out what it is that that led to humans being separated from God, how He's been working to bring us back, and then uh, bringing in a different metaphor from Scripture or a different idea from Scripture that essentially has a lot of parallels with the idea of ambassador. I'm just going to bring a different different nuance to it and then begin to kind of think about how do we then start to, to posture ourselves in this world, especially thinking yeah. about things like weekend of service. Yeah. So yeah. good. All right. And Marin, you're coming, coming in hot in a couple of weeks, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Hopefully this file is not corrupted. Oh man. But, uh, I've got high hopes. So, um, Marin, will you please send us out? I will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. We'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 